Welcome to From the Be All End, the Burnley podcast. Uh, this is the uh, Arsenal preview show. Um, and it's slightly unusual this week because it's a game of two halves uh, due to transatlantic time zones and work commitments. Um, the boys in America, Woody and Simon, have, have recorded uh, their own section for after the break. Um, so for the first half, to kind of get us off to a steady start, there's myself, Andrew Greaves, Justin Conley. Uh, and Chris Borden. So we've got plenty to talk about today. We're going to preview the Arsenal game. As I said, we're going to look at, as promised a few weeks ago, whether we think we're going to stay up or not. Now we've had that run of very winnable fixtures, <laughs> which seems ridiculous <laughs> to say that having lost all three, but there we go. Um, but first of all, I think it, it's probably wise that we start with um, some news that's come out today about Lyle Foster, the Burnley striker. Um, the club have released a statement that that says that Lyle is under the uh, care of specialists um, for for his mental health. So we know from previous interviews that he's given that Lyle is somebody who's suffered with his mental health quite badly uh, in the past. And it looks like the illness that he's been suffering with over the last couple of weeks is a recurrence of those mental health problems. Now, um, something that the club put out, there is an interview with, with Vincent Company in which, um, in, in very typical Vincent Company fashion, um, he explains everything that's gone on. You know, you're kind of really thankful to have someone like Vincent Company at the helm, I think, at times like this. Um, but with that, of course, um, th- there was a tweet which said that the PFA say that over 75% of professional footballers have experienced mental health issues at one time or another during their career. Um Justin, let's start with you. I mean, first of all, just absolutely, you know, devastating news, really, to to find out that those demons that have yeah. plagued Lyle in the past have come back. And, of course, we, we wish him, you know, the speediest of recoveries. But it is a football-wide problem, isn't it, mental health? It, it does seem to be. I mean, I, I think what you've got is a lot of very sort of very, very young people getting very, very successful at a very, very early age. Um, I mean, we can't speculate about what the causes of, of, of this particular situation is, but that, that sort of wider problem does, does suggest there's something specific to the game that makes, makes these, these young men more susceptible to it. Um, what, what is great about this though, is that, I mean, it's, it's not that long ago that this sort of thing would just not have been spoken about, um, you know, that, that there, there would have just been left to sort of man up and 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 get on with it um so i suppose if there's if there's any positives coming out of this situation it's that 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 these that these lads now seem to be able to feel like they can sort of reach out get the help they need and get get back on track again and we can only hope that that happens sooner rather than later for lyle because he's had a great start to the season and he's going to be a big miss for us but um you know, we just hope that um, the help that he's getting is the right help and that, uh, um, you know, the situation can be resolved as quickly as possible for him. Yeah. And Chris, I mean, it just goes to show that kind of mental health can, um, or issues with mental health, I should say, can can come even when you least expect him. I know the kind of interviews that he, he'd given in the summer said that he can see the light. He felt like he dealt with those issues. As Justin said, he made a great start to the season, curtailed ever so slightly by that that suspension. But 
to the outside world, you see a happy Lyle Foster scoring goals, well loved by the fans, loved by his teammates. But ultimately, when he's alone with his thoughts, something somewhere is causing him problems, isn't it? So, you know, it's not always being withdrawn is, is a sign of a mental health issue, is it? Oh, exactly. I was, I was catching a, a it was an interview with Roy Keane this morning where he was talking about, you know, going through extreme highs with Manchester United and extreme lows and, you, mm. you know, to come away. I mean, I say Lyle's still, you know, currently a professional football. Roy Keane's, you know, long since uh, given up the game. But, you know, for those who've, who've left the game, how to, you know, to, to to go without that, you know, that sort of adrenaline buzz, that kick it gives you, and some have turned to sort of substances and you know, alcohol and all sorts and just to, anything to find that, uh, you know, that high again. And it's it must be it must be awful to have that sort of ripped away from you. And let's see, you mentioned you mentioned, you know to talk about Lyle, he's had that within this season. You mentioned the suspension. You know, imagine if you. Absolutely flying at the start of your first uh, taste of Premier League football, and you have that ripped away from you, from a mm. you know a, a small small misdemeanor really. And uh, yeah, it, I say we don't know what's gone on with this with this specific case. And uh, I say Justin mentioned before recording, you know, Deli Ali's, you know, he's, he's he's not playing for a long while. We obviously had uh, uh, Aaron Lennon, who you know had, had, had you know two two decent spells with with. Uh, with Burnley after suffering issues at, uh, at Everton. God bless Clark Carlisle. You know, I absolutely love Clark to pieces. And, you know, mm. Clark's had God knows what to, to, to cope with over, over time. And, uh, yeah, it, it's horrendous. You know, I, I, say, I don't know the stats. I'm, you know, you got me on the spot, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's one of the, you know, is it one of the biggest killers of, 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 of male, you know, under a certain age, you know, when, when it goes as far as suicide, that sort of thing. It's just, uh, I'd say, it's just good that, you know, he, he, he's been able to, he's felt comfortable enough and in a safe enough space to open up with a manager who we all think just handles these sort of situations so very well. And then, uh, I just looked on the club's post, and you know, regardless of you know how, how well Vincent comes across, and you know, the, the club put out a you know a really succinct and uh, you know sympathetic uh, message there. But messages from uh, official club twitters, I, I saw Bournemouth on there saying, you know, we're, we're we're with you, Lyle, and Coventry City and Watford, and there's probably numerous others. There's there were Blackburn fans in there and saying, you know, we're all with you because it's after all when we you know. When it when it when it comes you know push comes to shove it, it is a you know a global game and we, you know we're all part of a a football family like I say with the Rovers there was a big you know, long standing Rovers fan who died this week and likewise he got a lot of uh, you know your Burnley fans saying you know well done you supported your club magnificently well during your life and fair play to you and it's it's just nice if anything good could come out of a bad situation it's just nice that you know the football family is there for for Lyle. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm sure kind of, you know, as part of his recovery, the club and his family will be keen for him to see that outpouring, won't they, Justin, of, of just what, you know, what football does for, for somebody, you know, has been in England for less than a year, um, you know, as somebody who is new to the English game, you know, still played yeah. probably less than 20 games, but you've got football clubs, you've got rival fans, you've got 
you know, people from, you know, from this town, people who aren't even involved in football, kind of wishing him that speedy recovery. And, um, you know, as, as Chris said, um, we talked about it being a football problem, but it's a societal problem as well, isn't it? It's, it is, and there's, there's so many kind of places to get help. Um, mm. I know certainly in, in Burnley, um, Andy's Man Club meets every every week at Turf Moor, which is yes. specifically yeah. designed for, for men to go and discuss any mental health issues. But um, yeah. I guess our message and, and, you know, everyone's message is, you know, if you are in need of help, follow Lyle's example and reach out for that help because there is always help available, isn't there? Absolutely. That That is the most important message from this, isn't it? It's that times have changed, you know, we don't we don't expect everybody to man up and just uh, keep keep uh, quiet about the their own personal struggles help is out there you know in in all kinds of different forms like chris says it's great that the football community comes together at a time like this and 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 really offers its its support and that if that gives anybody the confidence to come forward and get help themselves then you know that is another silver lining to a what today seems like is a is a very sort of gray cloud but um you know let's let's just let's just keep our fingers crossed that um that, that like i said the situation is is resolved quickly and that you know we can we can find some positives in it at some point yeah definitely definitely um um, we put a post out earlier on our Twitter linking to, you know, various Twitter accounts where help is available. So if anybody does um, ever feel like they um, are suffering with their mental health and do feel like they need to reach out to somebody, there's lots of agencies out there. We'll pin that tweet uh, to the top of our uh, our Twitter account and, and stick it on our Facebook as well. But um, but yeah, I think the, the, the general consensus, we all obviously wish Lyle uh, the speediest of recoveries and, and hope to see him back in a claret and blue shirt doing what he does best um which is scoring goals um talking of uh of performances and scoring goals or our kind of inability to score goals um <laughs> we did say although i think we were kind of lumbered in it a little bit by our glorious leader simon evans yeah he um, did go on about he, it a lot didn't he <laughs> he said we will make a decision after on bonfire night, after this run of games, who you know at the winnable games, we will make a decision. Now I know he wants us to kind of give a yes no answer, then give our um, our kind of reasonings behind it. Um, but we said we were going to decide whether we were going to stay up or not. Um, and I'm going to come to Chris first because I think Chris has a very certain answer for whether he thinks we're going to stay up or not. So yes or no, are we going to stay up, Chris? And what is your thinking behind said decision? Uh, my head says no. And my heart says no. Excellent. I thought we were going to get a bit of a sitting on the fence then. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, it's... Again, I say we we do tend to hark back a lot to because we we've only got you know, I mean the sample size of Premier League seasons. You, you try and draw parallels out of them, and I go back to that how I felt two years ago when uh, you know I think they you know they beat Brentford after ten games and and this that and the other. And you just I never felt at any stage in that season, even when they had a bit of a a mini revival in in February, you know, winning at at Brighton and what have you, and uh, the mini revival towards the end under under Mike Jackson, and I just never felt they they were going to survive 
two years ago. You know, even if you'd have if you'd have said to me at the start of the season, win your home game against Newcastle United on the last day to stay up, I'd have snapped your hand off. And obviously, Newcastle's mm. <laughs> Newcastle's uh, were, 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 were a, they were a far different proposition come that time of the season. But uh, mm. I just. I just really struggle. I think uh, you said we mentioned Andy Jones earlier. The, the headline on his athletic piece this week, you know, sort of purported to, you know, if Burnley can play as well as they did against a team like Crystal Palace and not win, you know, how, how on earth are they going to find wins elsewhere? Sort of thing. If, if they don't perform as well, they're playing against uh, you know better better opponents. So, we just sense that in the first twenty-five minutes of the game, it's like they have to hammer this home. This, you know, the territorial authority. If, if you know they weren't creating golden chance after golden chance, but they had decent opportunities and moments, and uh, then obviously you give away the silly goal, and it's uh, it's a different uh, kettle of fish again. It's I just I'm really struggling at the moment to see where the next point is coming from. And I'm never mind the next win. And you look at Arsenal, and you, I'm, I'm genuinely fearful Saturday. I think it could be anything. It's uh, you look at the way they line up. We they basically play with five, five in the forward line. You know, and you look at you know, against a side who cannot defend, cannot defend. I, you know, I, you know, and also play four or five in the forward line. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're looking it's going to be so wild. Like, yeah, yeah. Acolytes of you know of of, of Guardiola in uh, Arteta and and, and and Vincent, and they're trying to play a similar way. Arteta primarily plays with three at the back, but it's. I just think they'll be overpowered, and you know, then you've got West Ham at home, who aren't the flaky West Ham of old. You know, even with a couple of you know, with, with you know, with no Declan Rice in there, and uh, I just I, I'm. I honestly can't. It's it's three from four, the way you look at it, and I just don't see Burnley, you know, finishing in that little seventeenth slot. To be honest, Justin, do you share Chris's um, pessimism? I'm not going to say negativity because I, I think he makes some. You know, I think he's absolutely spot on. We'll talk about the Arsenal game. I just I can't see us getting anything at Arsenal. I'll be really honest. Mm. Um, Yes or no? Are we staying up? And what's the reasons for your viewpoint on that? Um, well, I'm going to say yes. I, I've got to, haven't I? I mean, I can't. I can't. We, we can't. We can't go down that road, can we? Where it's a unanimous decision. My, my, my. The, I, mean, I think it's a, I think there's two questions here, isn't there? Is it? Is it possible? The answer to that is, of course, it's possible that we can stay up. You know. Is it is it is it probable? I don't know. Is it is will we do it? <laughs> that like my famous uh, catchphrase is: we don't know. That's why we have to play the games. You know what I mean? We don't know what's going to happen. We could very well surprise Arsenal on Saturday. I think the odds are very very much against it. But you know, I, who knows what's going to happen? My my reasoning is this: I think what's happening now is part is the plan is the plan that we've got it's it's not surprising that we're not doing very well because we bought you know 15 or 16 young players over the summer and have and have played most of them in the first team um thrown away that sort of template that we had set up that one that won the championship at a canter and more or less started from scratch with a new team in the most competitive 
uh, league in the world. Now, I, th- there's no way that we're going to hit the ground running um, in 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 the Premier League. I, I mean, even in the Championship, when we did that the summer before last, we didn't exactly hit the ground running. It was only really after that spanking at Sheffield United when we really came to and went on went on that mass, massive massive. Uh, Massive run of, of ten wins and, and 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 really started that that ball rolling. Obviously, the start to this season has been different to that. We've not been drawing games. We've not we, we've only got the four points. But I think the key factor to remember is we we're still like that like in that Newcastle game and the last game of the the last Premier League campaign. We're still only a win away from getting out of the out of the relegation zone. Whether that is you know, 17th or it doesn't matter, does it? 17th it will do, I think. Um, so I think I think the the key to this situation now is somehow manage to, managing to scrape together enough points between now and the new year to, to be in that position when the new year rolls around and we can get back in the transfer market and, you know, fill some of those gaps that we've already identified that we sort of failed to to fill in the summer. I mean, I think we've talked about the transfer window, um, you know, often on, on this podcast. And I think it's becoming pretty clear that the failure to back up in, uh, 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 in the center of midfield with somebody who can win the ball and break up play. And, uh, you know, at least one left back who can challenge Charlie Taylor. I think, if we can if we can limp along now, I mean it's going to be more difficult now while Foster's going to be missing for a while. Um but if we can and don't forget all those teams, those those three other teams down there with us aren't aren't exactly covering themselves with glory either. They're struggling to pick up points too. So while while we're in the situation where we're still only one win away from getting out of that relegation zone, I think there's every reason to be hopeful, optimistic. And uh, you know, not not write the team off yet. You know, there's still a long way to go, and there's still a lot of points to play for. Yeah, I think we're going to be in the weird situation <laughs> where uh, where Paul Woodhouse is going to have the casting vote because I know Simon <laughs> Evans is going to go no because he's been steadfast. But I've been steadfast. I think you'll you'll attest to this on the mm. WhatsApp group. I I still believe we will stay up for the exact same reasons that you have mentioned. I actually yeah. think we are four points, possibly six points worse off than where Vincent Company would have us. Essentially, mm. if you look at kind of my charting of it, we are probably. I think we're four points off. I think we expected to get four points between. Bournemouth, uh, Brentford and Palace. And Palace yeah. <clears throat> I think Vincent might have expected an extra two points against Forest, but probably not. He might have just had that as a draw. So I actually don't think we're that, that far off on Vincent's little wall chart, if he's got the same kind of wall chart as me, where <laughs> he would expect us to be, yeah. given the planned execution of the project. And I agree with you. And I think... I think at some point, and I agree with what Chris said earlier on the WhatsApp group, that we are, at the minute, by no, you know, there's no doubt about it, we are not good enough. We are not at the level required to compete in the Premier League. No. I do think, however, by game 38, all we've got to be is better than three teams. I think it absolutely, as Chris said, it's a mini league of four. Somebody said on Twitter the other day that there's always a team who gets dragged into it. I, I kind of agree, but 
the likes of Everton, who we thought might, the likes of perhaps Fulham, the likes of Wolves, they're already kind of a couple of wins ahead of where we are. So I'm not 100% certain this year we're, we're going to get somebody dragged in. But what I think that will mean is that whoever survives fourth bottom might do so with the lowest points total since mm. football began in 1992. <laughs> I think that, you know, and that's the hope. You know, you might survive with 30 points. Now, I, I grant you 26 points between now and the end of the season when we're all kind of sat here going, I'm not really sure where the next point comes from, is a big ask. But I just wonder if, as you said, Justin, if we limp along until January and then we visit some of the areas. I, I saw somebody suggest Teller the other day because he's only made like three appearances for Bayer Leverkusen. Whether you get a loan deal for Teller, uh, you may do. I don't know. Um mm. You know, I think I think increasingly, we don't want to get into a transfer market discussion, but I think increasingly it's clear that the transfer business was pretty much for the for the here and now a bit of a disaster. Mm. You know, because we didn't plug the gaps that we all sat here as non football managers, non qualified UEFA coaches, non you know people who don't work in the game as in within recruitment would sat here and went. We need a left back. We need a central midfielder. We probably need another centre half. We definitely need another striker. We probably need competition at right back. Mm. We all sat here, and every single Burnley fan in the land sat in pubs up and down the country, going, "That's what we need. That's what we need." And we just sat here as all these wingers came in, all these number tens, everyone who plays in the same position came in. And you kind of went to yourself, "This is madness." Um, but I do think if we limp along until January, and we're still in touch with whoever's 17th and I think we will be because looking at the fixtures this weekend you know I don't think we're going to get out but then again I don't think Sheffield United will necessarily get anything at Brighton I think they're playing you know mm. I know Luton got a good point against Liverpool but maybe that's their one big result whereas we tend to get one as well um, I know Sheffield United beat Wolves late on Burnley born Oliver Norwood we're kind of 99th minute penalty whatever it was but I still don't see Luton and Sheffield United having the staying power and being as good as us over a 38-game season. The the one flying the ointment is whether Bournemouth pull the trigger and get the bounce that they got last year under under um, Gary O'Neill. Mm. But I'm going to st stick with what I've said all season. I do think we'll stay. I, I, and we're not going to pull up any trees, let's be honest. We're not going to trouble the trouble 16 for 15 for anything like that. But I think we will scrape it. But I, what I do think is next season will have survived in probably what is a pretty poor year for the Premier League at the bottom end. Hmm. And that will make us better suited for a better tip at it next year. Yeah, well, that's the plan, isn't it? That the plan is to improve this season. You've got to hope that that improvement is is coming. That's what that's what they plan to do. You know, get these young lads in, get them playing. I mean, we the, the one thing if if we've got a bit of we've got a bit of defensive frailty, we've got a little bit of um of a bit of a lack of goal threat. But what we do have is players who can create chances. You know, we have got these young, you know, particularly Collie Oshers, they're a great run so far. Um, we've said, haven't we, in the past, that while he's got that sort of raw pace and that talent, um, he's, he's kind of 
failed to produce much once he's got beyond his man or you know I don't he's got that one assist hasn't he I don't know in a season that's severely lacking in goals he hasn't got much more but I think you know if 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 this coaching staff are doing anything it's working on that isn't it it's working on getting those getting that raw talent and getting the decision making right at the right at the at the end of that end of the pitch and <clears throat> There's, there's, you've got to hope that that improvement is going to come. We can't, let's put it this way. If, if, if we carry on in the way we are and we don't pick any more points up by Christmas, we can just all go home, can't we? So <laughs> there's no, there'd be no, there'd be no point to having these discussions about it. That is not the plan. The plan is that these players are going to get better. They are raw talent. They are young. They are inexperienced, but the whole point of this process that we're going through now, and company's been really honest about this, hasn't he? He has said, you know, we're going to have some pain before thing we turn the corner. You know, those players are going to get better. Those players are going to get the experience. Those players are going to start, you know, producing moments that change games. I was quite, I mean, there's two ways to look at what happened last Saturday, which is either, you know, we, we absolutely you know smash crystal palace who by the way have a lot more points than than we do at the moment so that would suggest that perhaps we're a little bit closer than we think we might be we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net and they i mean like i said i'm not counting that second goal we gave them a goal and that put us on the back foot so there's two ways to look at that it's either christ we're not even good enough to beat these a team who aren't even trying to win and we go go and lose 2-0 but there were also a lot of positives about that game, which made me think, you know, on reflection, despite being absolutely incandescent with rage on the final whistle, there's things happening here. Progress is being made. Uh, you know, there's there's a little, there's a touch more solidity to to what we're looking at here, and this is something to build on. So, you know, that that is a manifestation of the plan, isn't it? That is progress let's let's it might be two steps one step forward and two steps back or one step forward you know it might be it might be ups and downs progress is not like a straight line is it you know you get ups and downs so there was something there to build on and i'm hoping that that we don't get absolutely hammered on on saturday and that you know that that progress continues and we can we can we can see what what the trajectory is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Chris, I know you're not as convinced as me and Justin <laughs> that, that the corner will be turned shortly, and it is it is essentially a race against the games, isn't it? You've got you know yeah. we've got to get better before we run out of games to get the points needed, and that's I guess that's your biggest that's the stumbling block for you, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, a lot, a lot was made of this, uh, like Vincent in 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 the documentary about a hundred sessions. Once we get a hundred sessions of training, you know, all the ideas will have been, you know, the the, the penny will drop basically. Now, I don't know mm. how far in they are in terms of in terms of sessions this time with a with a, essentially a new group, but uh, you have to hope that you know that, that once they hit that mark, that it 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 goes as it did last year, but. I'm still excited to see. I mean, I, I think Ramsey's Ramsey's a good. You know, he's a big talent. He's going to be a fabulous footballer. 
you look at uh, we, we we've not seen hardly anything of Benson and Zorori. Ekdal potentially could be fit this weekend, and you know you, there's still you know, a number of players that we we haven't really seen at all with with, with injury and uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, Oberfemi is another you know we, we his return to fitness is uh, has come at a, a, a you know nice time, uh, but it's. I say, Collyosh. There was some stat this week. I mean, he's among the best dribblers in the Premier League, which is fabulous. They've identified this talent, who you know, unknown to to many, and uh, you know, from somewhere created this guy who who has adapted really well to to the Premier League. But the bottom line is, goals and assists, and he's got one assist in a game we lost five two, and it's. There has to be. I saw signs against Palace of a, you know, it wasn't just getting to the byline and feeding a ball across. He was sort of thinking about, you know, his delivery. He flicked one in with the outside of his boot, trying to find a trying to find a claret and blue shirt. And he there's there's a bit of variety there. And I, you know, he is spinning in behind. He, he, I say, I think there's an opportunity time and time again. The ball between uh, Anderson and uh, Joel Ward, for him to time his run to either run inside and in, you know, in behind, or just to time his run perfectly and pick the ball up between the gap. You know, we didn't see enough of that. I, I, I was joking with Justin. You look at the, you know, the attack maps and the arrows. I thought there'd be an absolutely colossal red arrow <laughs> on the left hand side of our, you know, of, of, of the, our attacking third, and uh, it didn't quite mm. pan. That way in the end, but uh, yeah, he's got. Pro- I'm doing it clearly. You're not. You're not top goal scorer in the Conference League for nothing. He's got something. It's just sort of nailing that down on a regular basis. And I still love J Rod. You know, for all he's done, he's still got a touch of class. Again, you know, he, he goal record over over a, a series of time now in the Premier League isn't great, but he's been playing for a side that's struggling to create you know, much in the way of golden opportunities. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it is. You sound a bit. You sound a bit like you're talking, trying to talk yourself around into thinking we're I, going to stay up now. I, I do. I, mean, I'm, <laughs> I always try to be the eternal optimist. I always was. I always I could see, uh, you know, potential where where, where others couldn't. But uh, I mean, there's potentials there for all to see, isn't it? I, you hmm. talk. You used to talk to Barry Kilby, and Barry Kilby talk about a, a, A's, B's, and C's. Your ideal mix. Of a of a of a squad or of a of a of a starting eleven, you know, you, you young young lads who who could learn on the job, and you, you'd make a few quid off them ultimately. You know, you'd sort of mid twenties lads who were you know had a bit more experience and uh, were reaching peak, and then the other ones who were sort of thirty plus, who knew the game inside out. You know, had no resale value, but uh, you know had vast knowledge, and we. You just we haven't got that mix at the most. Too many of the A's, mm. <laughs> and if we have C's, they're not using them. You know. Yeah. Um. I just did a quick calculation. I, I say I did. Google did. Um. If we're going <laughs> to say that we do one training session per day, and one meeting per day, and we're going to exclude weekends, hundred <laughs> days ago was June twenty second, twenty twenty three. Now, I think when the whole squad is together, we are probably still maybe 20, 30 sessions away from it clicking, possibly. I don't know. 
very crude mathematics, but yeah, What's time that, a month, is. another month. Another can month, imagine, time and date. It all just clicked into place like that, and Vincent's <laughs> like, "Yeah, we've, we've just had our hundredth hundredth uh, session." Yeah, it's we should it's celebrate crazy. it. Yeah. As you think about the kind of full squad together, I mean, 22nd of June, I know we came back really early, but that is quite early in pre-season, isn't it? If we are going to do, and I know during the summer we were doing two sessions per day, et cetera, et cetera, but probably only one meeting per day. Um, and like I say, very crude mathematics. So I, I think, you know, again, with my little wall chart out, I'm thinking kind of this time next month, just in time perhaps for the Sheffield United game at home, that we're going to dish out some revenge on Sheffield United, five-two win, and that's going to lead us to a to a massive, massive run where we yeah. end up kind of you know blitzing everybody. I think, but I think Sheffield United is going to come through soon. It looks to me, by my reckoning, that uh, that Brighton are going to get it down there. Brighton are going to get smashed at the Amex. Yeah, that's uh, that's on, that, the, uh, on the 9th of December. Yeah. If we could beat them 3-0 last time, I've no idea how that happened. But uh, <laughs> Well, I think we just have the we have the Sheffield United game then as the amuse-bouche, the kind of slight... Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, that the, you know, us, the, that'll give us a clue, won't it? The snacks, the snacks before the main meal. But, uh, I mean, I think it is a good point. I think there is, you know, there's clearly talent in that squad, but it's that ability to learn on the job when things are against you that mm. is really kind of you know we, we just we couldn't do anything like that um or we've not been able to but uh let's move on to arsenal um <laughs> you know just when you kind of think to yourself oh we've come off this run of very winnable games where's the next winnable game and the, the fixture computer sends you down to uh down to the emirates um it is hard isn't it chris to see anything other than a a, a home win Stranger things have happened. I know, you know, every year we seem to get a result. (laughs) But, I mean, like you said, they're a good side, aren't they? I know, you know, lost to Newcastle last weekend and lost in the Carabao Cup to West Ham, but they won in Europe this this midweek. They are going to be probably Man City's biggest challengers, aren't they? Perhaps Spurs throw them into the mix as well. But we can't expect too much, can we? No, that's. I can remember going. If you remember going down there at the start, well, early in the nineteen twenty season, I think when we got beat two one, and uh, I was absolutely distraught because I thought we we should and could have beaten them, and I thought they were the poorest Arsenal side I'd seen for donkeys, and uh, obviously. Emery, uh, Emery, Emery walked and this, that, and the other, and you know they played like I think it was when Pepe made his debut and he got called world class for nutmegging Ben Mee, who was like really tight up his backside. Thought this lad ain't world class; he's just very quick, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. improved. And uh, but no, and it, we, we, I think a lot of people sort of mocked Arteta at the start and thought you know he was wasn't having that you know the effect he wanted and. Gradually over time, he's had an unbelievable, you know, effect. I'm not. I don't think he's the world's most popular manager, is he? I don't, his his behaviour on the touchline at times, and his behaviour in the in the media over the last week haven't haven't been uh, fabulous, shall we say? But uh, he's built an absolutely terrifyingly good side. I used to I used to think if you go to Arsenal and keep Aubameyang quiet, you have a chance. But nowadays, you go there and you've got all, all manner of stuff coming out. You've got Jesus and, and Ketty has had a flyer. 
Averts is starting to hit the ground. Odegaard's such a good player. I love Rice. Mm. Uh, and then you know you've got these you know the, the, the lads at the back who don't seem to get much much praise. But you know Ben White can't get in the England squad, and everyone raves about him. And uh, whichever goalkeeper they, they put in goal is obviously a very good goalkeeper. But uh, it's yeah they can they can play direct. They can pass through you, and it's yeah I I, I genuinely fear fear for us on Saturday. But as you say, stranger things to happen. Yeah, I think mm. I saw a stat midweek that Almiron was the first player to dribble past Saliba this season. Um, <laughs> oh, Newcastle's win at St. James, but you know what I mean. In terms of, you kind of, you kind of think to yourself, well, maybe Colliosho will will do that two or three times. But you know, that's how good that you know that backline is. And there's there's players who were perhaps yeah. unfancied previously. Saliba, it's taken a while for him to establish himself in the in the side. When you look at the the players they bring on, is it Tommy Asu at, uh, at fullback? He's a very good player. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's somebody who's not a regular start. You mentioned the two goalkeepers, Rare and um, Ramsdale. You know, mm. we've got our own kind of battle for the number yeah, one yeah. spot, which seems to be a bit of a trait of, of you know, pep disciples um, having two first-class keepers. But, Justin, uh, you know, you were very, very optimistic earlier. You kind of lifted the, the mood. <laughs> Are we winning at Arsenal? I don't want a, I don't want a Sam no. Evans four one Chelsea kind of prediction. But are we no. are we getting anything from the Emirates? I don't see. I, it's difficult to see what what we can do to affect that situation, isn't it? It's kind of they're such a good side. I mean, they they came very close to um, you know they were they were top of the ta- top of the Premier League for a long time last season, weren't they? And only really fell away at the end because. They didn't really have that strength in depth that City have got, but I think they've changed that now. The, the, the money they spent over the summer on some absolutely world-class talent makes them a much stronger side even than they were then. I think that's probably taken a little bit of time to to, to gel in. So, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> if we've got a chance at all, it's it's building on that solidity that we had and trying to keep them quiet and then hoping that... Um, hoping that those sort of young raw talents are not overawed by the situation, not, you know, that they've got the got that youth, confidence of youth um, and, and they have no fear and just get at them and see what we can do. Nobody's expecting anything. Um, Arsenal probably expecting to win the game quite easily. So, you know, let's, let's, let's play that to our advantage and just go and have a swing and see what happens. That's the best we can hope for, isn't it? I think at this stage, um, West Ham game after that at home is perhaps a little bit more, has a bit more potential for points. But I'm going to say it again. We don't know what's going to happen. That's why we have to play the games. That's it. I'm going to get a T-shirt with that, I think. But uh, <laughs> um, some slightly better injury news, I, I guess. You know, um, Vincent Company saying that uh, Ekdal could make it probably too soon for Benson. But you just hope mm. that we're going to perhaps start seeing a... Um, reversing fortunes when it comes to um, to the injury side of things. Um, and they obviously, the, the big thing for the West Ham game, of course, is it's the first flag game. So oh, that's going to make are, all the difference. Yeah, We've got 200 flags uh, being distributed. So the atmosphere will be good. We've got the, you know, we've got the new match day playlist. We've got the, the better use of the LED 
screens. I'm not quite sure you made better well, use of them. I'm kind of a bit baffled by this. Oh, we're going the atmosphere is going to be ramped up because we're going to put different messaging on them LED screens. Is it going to be <laughs> song lyrics for us to sing along to? I'm not sure, but um, but Chris, it, you know the the likes of Ekdal coming back, the likes of Benson coming back. We saw um, obviously Chirlinoff, uh, Darko Chirlinoff has played a couple of times in the 21s, been called up to North Macedonia squad. You know, we're starting, it looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that, that light isn't the light of an oncoming train, to sort of speak. <laughs> well, see, ben, Benny's our little magician, isn't he? You know, you, you can play as well as you like, but in, in this league, you need someone who can pull pull a, you know, a cat out of the bag. And, you know, the, mm. the, the, the run of four games at the back end of last season where he just, Decided to score the same goal. <laughs> you know, Iron Robin. Everyone knows what I'm going to do. Cut in on my left and lamp one in. But you ain't going to stop me. It's mm. you, you need that. You know that that might well have changed the tight game. You know, I'd had uh, he been fit so far this season. You know, the Manchester United game. You know, we might not have been creating golden chances, but he might have popped it. You know, cut inside and smashed one in. It's. Uh, yeah, I, I I love him to pieces, and he you know he's uh, he might not get kicked as much in in the Premier League as he did in the Championship. But uh, again, we are we we mm. expect the Rory to shine at some stage. Mentioned Ramsey before, but it's just settling on that. It's probably like Arsenal effectively play this what three two four one. We've got to settle on what you know. What do we you know? Are we going to go with two pivots or are we going to go with like a front four at times, which can be. You know, it's it's exciting to you know to to have a goal, but it's you know you, mm. maybe a touch touch more pragmatism is needed at times. But I, I like the system last week against Palace. You know, more of a more of a diamond. You know, I thought Burgers. You know, in terms of progressing the ball upfield, you know, you give it him, he turns out of trouble, drives forward with it, picks a pass. He's dominant aerially. You know. Vitinho, for all his defensive flaws, as a shuttle moving the ball upfield, is is excellent. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and say Colliosso, if you want to, you know, if you want to get up the park, there's, there's no one better, is there? It's just, yeah, you, you look at the chance. You know, the uh, I'm doing had a header early on, and Goodmanson has to score. Put his foot through it, and uh, you know, mm. the game's a, a different game. Then they they're creating openings, but. They need that confidence of seeing the ball in the back of the net, don't they? Really, and uh, that, that might change everything. It's, uh, it's they can't. You've got to learn defensively. Surely, you've got to learn. You know, I, I, I like, I like that. Like you know, this week that you know, you, you know, put, putting his hand up, uh, Jordan Bayer, and saying, "Yeah, it's on me." That, which yeah. obviously wasn't, but to have you know, have the have the have the balls to you know. To take that, to, you know, to take responsibility, yeah. and and for Barnsley and you know a few of the other lads to chip in and say and say no, it isn't some, you know, we, yeah. you, you win as a team, lose as a team. Oh, that was fantastic. You know, there's, there's no weeping and wailing. You know, there's people taking responsibility, which I like, and uh, yeah, it's fingers crossed they turn a corner soon because we can't keep <laughs> can't keep going over another defeat, can we? Yeah. Well, I think we'll leave it there. I think we'll pass over to uh, to 
those stateside. It feels a bit weird. That. It feels a bit kind of like USA 94, like Simon's going to come on and he's going to be a question. His answer is going to be a question behind mine, like the old uh, USA 94 with Jim Rose and Tal and things like that. But uh, yeah. uh, that's it from the UK side or the English, the Northwestern, I guess, side of the podcast. Uh, once we come back from the break, uh, you'll hear from Simon and Woody. So, yeah, this is something different, isn't it? I'm Simon Evans uh, here with Paul Woodhouse. I'm in Miami. Woody's in Cleveland. Uh, we've got jobs to do. We, we can't always, uh, you know, be at the beck and call of these lads who need to be in the pyjamas at 8 o'clock in an <laughs> evening back in Lancashire. Uh, so, apparently, this is the second half, but the lads have already taken 45 minutes. Don't worry. We're not going to take 45 minutes to tell you what we think about our bonfire night verdict. Just a little refresher, the bonfire night verdict, the idea was that we had these games coming up after a tough start of home games against big boys. We had games coming up, um, Bournemouth away, Brentford away, Palace at home, where we said those are the kind of games that really you can sort of judge whether or not we're going to be in a position to stay up. So we're not going to waste any time. Let's get to the point, Woody. Um, Are we going to stay up on the basis of what we've seen so far this season? Well, considering we've got zero points out of those uh, said games, then I really don't think so. <coughs> no. No. No, you don't see any glimmers of hope with that, that performance. I mean, I listened to the podcast. I wasn't on it because I was yeah. uh, traveling around, but I listened to the podcast after the Palace game, and it was it was quite upbeat about our performance. So It was a... I, it- Let's put it this way. It was a decent performance. I even did a little bit of due diligence because it reminded me of one or two performances during a championship season. It, it, we looked the most championship-like as far as I were concerned against Palace yeah. than in any other game during the season. I just looked at some like stats for as much worth as they are. And like we know we had about 68% of possession five shots on target versus three of theirs, 17 shot attempts versus four of those, 12 corner kicks versus one uh, of theirs. And comparing that to the Sheffield United game at home when they had 10, got their guy sent off, we had six shots on target, they had one, only had 16 shot attempts and fewer corners. So it was a very similar time. Mm of statistical analysis between those two games. We weren't a million miles away from that type of a performance, which was an, an easy 2-0, wasn't it? But we aren't we don't have that cutting edge. We like we've just seen Lyle Foster's gonna be out for a bit. We don't have the players, you know, to back up Lyle Foster, etc. And it's I I I don't see necessarily where we get another point from or another goal from, un- barring some quite unfathomable miracle at the end of the day. But um, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, no. And, I, and for the record, for the bonfire night verdict, I, I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately in the no camp as well because I just haven't seen enough evidence on the basis of the game so far that we've got what it takes. I mean, I look... The only hope would be, you know, as we've fallen back on this cliche so many times that there might be three worse teams than us. 
but I'm not sure about it. I look at Luton, who 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 you would have to say if you were going to take that optimistic mm-hmm. view, you'd have to say yeah. Luton's one of the teams that go down. And I just see a team that's a lot more difficult to beat than we are, mm-hmm. who were smart enough to go and sign somebody like Ross Barkley, who's delivering from them now, um, and uh, Andros Townsend as well, who uh, you know is a player we we had the chance to sign and didn't. Um, because we went for these these younger wingers, and I, and I just look at it and think, you know, I can see Luton maybe scrapping their way out of it somehow. You know, they seem to have a bit of something about them to Luton. Chef United, I don't know, um, Bournemouth, but the, you know, the, focusing on ourselves, you know, and some people at the start were saying Everton, you know, as well, and, and you look at Everton, and you think Everton are a lot stronger side than we are. Yeah, of course know? they are. Yeah, of course they are. Way, way stronger. But like... one, one of the reasons why they're stronger, let's not get away from this, is that they're a well-organised team because they've got mm-hmm. a manage, manager who knows how to set up a team to grind out and get results. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's not. It's not. It's not complicated, is it? You know. Yeah, I mean, glimmers, glimmers of hope. You know, I mean, it's it, it's it's clutching at straws a little bit at this stage. But I suppose, you know, being fair, there's a lot of games left to play, isn't there? This year, mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of football to be played. There's a transfer window in January. The lads in their section were saying, if we can keep in touch until the January window, and and sign a few players then. Um, then we then we maybe have a chance, and I can I can see where they're coming from with that. My fear is we don't keep in touch until January. I think the weird thing is is that the, this bottom four, and I think somebody else will get dragged into it somehow, like they always do. But I think this bottom four that we see already will be pretty much the same throughout the rest of the the rest of the season. It's whether somebody gets cut adrift. And who that side is that gets cut adrift. Now, if you're Sheffield United or Luton or Bournemouth, you're also looking over kind of your shoulder and you're looking around asking the same questions that we are. And you're yeah. probably saying out of all all those four, Burnley are the weakest link. It, you, know, it, you would, you would, being yeah. honest, you would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I do think Bournemouth could be in trouble. I think the yeah. the the managerial choice was. Uh, you know, after after Gary O'Neill saved them last year to to go with a Spanish manager and have these ideas, and it kind of gives me the same vibe that we have as well. You know, that kind of um, you know we're going to play. We've got a Spanish coach. We're going to play this yeah. really nice football. Mm-hmm. But no, you're Bournemouth. You're in the bottom yeah. four. You're going to have to scrap your way out of it. Yeah. And then you look you look at Sheffield United and think, yeah, they probably have that right attitude and approach. Luton Town certainly do. And I just, you know, again, I'm reading an article this week from Company press conference saying, no, we're not going to change. We're not going to adjust anything. And I wonder whether that's just his his sort of media approach that he doesn't want some story about him saying, no, we're going to play a different style of football. And it's his image and it's his brand is that, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to play this style of football. Or whether he, he, he really does believe that, that carrying on the same approach is going to deliver results. What would you make of that? Well, you, you if you've got a project, you've got to stick to the project. People have to buy into the project, and that's everybody across the board from fans to 
people who are making the tees to people who are booting the damn ball, etc. And I, I don't, I don't see why you abandon the project. You can tweak it, etc. But the thing is, the Lutons of this world have a very simple approach. They, they aren't obviously overcomplicating anything, are they? They've, they've come up. They know exactly what they're equipped to do, and right. they've set their stall out accordingly. We feel to be overcomplicating stuff, whereas obviously Bournemouth seems to be overcomplicating things to your point about we get these fancy coaches in and we all of a sudden we're learning on the job and everybody's trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel again, etc. Um but yeah. It's brutal, isn't it, at the bottom of the table? I mean, it really is about grinding stuff out and just picking up yeah. points wherever you can. Yeah. I mean I mean you know, the deck's stacked against you in so many games with teams that have got better players and and and, and greater strength in depth and, and, and more firepower and everything that it's just, can you, you know, and, and it does it does make me appreciate, I have to say, it does make me appreciate what Sean Dice did a little bit more because I was one of those people who, who'd really had enough of it in the last season, mm-hmm. possibly even the season before that. There's that feeling that it had run its course it mm-hmm. becomes stale. We weren't going anywhere. Uh, we were just going in the direction that we ended up going in. But you do look back on it and think, like, there's some basics there that you would kill for now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I love the fact that we have these exciting sort of wingers and, and, and so on, but I'd love to have a back four like, like Daesh put out. And I'm not sure we have the players who, who who would be able to play in, in that kind of way? No, I I tend I tend to agree with that as well. But also, it's I think I think there is a case to be said that we've been slightly unlucky not being able to pick our first two choice centre halves all year. For example, you know I don't think I don't think Dash would have. Uh, fared particularly well given the back four he's had to like companies had to meddle with so far this year I think if you'd have given him Ekdal and Bayer completely fit from the get-go it might have been a different might have been a slightly different Fair story point. Fair point. You know, yeah. but, a dash defense with Al Dakil and Delcroix and Vitinho at right back and yeah yes it could have been uh, it could have been something slightly different yeah but, uh, but he yeah, never I mean, all... yeah. no, he wouldn't. That's that's the point. Yeah, but um, no, I, I I think you know, it's at the moment. I think if we if we're searching for positives, as Greavesy would say, um, the only asterisk I would put against my no is, you know, can we can we can we just scrape a few points before January and then address some issues, and mm-hmm. you know. Some of those address, issues might be addressed by Ekdal coming back because I'm a massive fan of yeah. Ekdal. I really, I yeah. really liked him. I know yeah. you are as well, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and of course, of course, that is something that can happen. But you're starting to, you know, the, the more we say this, the fewer straws we have left to clutch. <laughs> yes, you know? and it's like it's like every week we're having to pluck something out of the out of the air and it's you know we just it's just the myth of Sisyphus at some point isn't it we just we're just rehashing the same old crap but yeah like you say there's no reason why we can't 
get a few points ridiculously from you know one or two games or whatever before January things start to turn around we spend some money in the right places people are fit squad's fine you know and that could quite conceivably happen but it hasn't so far and I'm a great believer like we're seeing on the I think a couple of the last pods about those little fine margins and those little things that go for you and that go against you and it seems to be that there have been specific moments throughout this season where when things have gone slightly awry they've gone awry at the wrong time you know the Zaruri thing him getting sent off against City etc yeah and that and then as you know, not being able to have his Bayer injury. Exactly. And just those little things. Then this week, the 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 Lyle Foster thing, etc. They just seems to be things compounding on top that make the original decisions to not buy uh, another striker, etc. Or to find cover at the centre of the park, etc. They compound those decisions as being worse decisions. Um so uh, that that's where I'm not I'm not particularly hopeful. That kind of shit has to turn around. We have to get a little bit luckier, and I don't like using that term, like I said before. But we have to get a little bit luckier with that type of thing. Yeah, I think you're right, and it's funny, you know, we 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 did debate whether it was the right move to let Ashley Barnes go, but I didn't mm-hmm. think we'd be sat here in early November in a situation where if he was still in the squad, he'd be a guaranteed starter. And yes, he would it's be. insane, isn't it? Yeah, he would. He would absolutely be our first choice centre yeah. forward if he was still part yeah. of the squad now, which yeah. is incredible yeah. after spending 120 million. It yeah. really is. But uh, yeah, so let's see. Let's see whether we can uh, we can we can pull pull something together. Obviously, we all hope that we do. But uh, I think you know, if the question is on the basis of what we've seen so far, are we going to stay up? I think we both agree that, that that on the basis of that, no, we're not. But of course, a lot of football to be played, including on Saturday. So before we sign off, um, Arsenal, what I'm not going to ask you what you expect because everyone expects we're going to get hammered. But mm-hmm. what what could we do to try and not get hammered? <laughs> well, there you go. That's a, <laughs> but it's like it's like that weird stat, isn't it? That you know, for the past, Arteta's really the only side that Arteta's never beaten or scored against at the Emirates, which is There's ridiculous. Granted, yeah, yeah, which is obviously going back to Dash again. Um, I don't pay too much heed to that, but I'm also a bit of a stickler for weird historical uh, stats such as that. You, 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 you don't. You genuinely don't know. You genuinely don't know. I mean, they could be coming off a couple of, we've got midweek uh, Champions League stuff. They may be a little bit leggy. They may not be expecting, you know, you know us to be any great shakes. We may turn up. Um, we may put a performance in um, and we may make it slightly difficult for them. And they may have a slightly off day. And that's sometimes how it goes. And we may be due one of those. But then again, we could quite as easily get Drub 6-2. And uh, thanks for coming, everyone. Yeah, I think I think what 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 I would like to see happen, and I'm, I've got no confidence that this is what will happen, but what I would like to see happen 
is just try and make it really difficult for them because they, there's nothing Arsenal love more than a wide open game of football. Um, oh yeah, and we're, and we're pretty mm-hmm. good at providing teams with wide open games of football. Yeah, um, I'd like to see him sort of pack the midfield a bit, you know, try and close them down, hound them, and then you know, as we've said before, if you can if you can somehow do that and hassle them, chase them, block, defend like lions, do all the work in midfield, and somehow you're still in the game with 60, 70 minutes on the clock, then maybe throw on one or two of these young wingers and see see what might happen against a tired fullback or something. But um, if we go there and play the same approach that we've done in all these other games, I think there's only going to be uh, one outcome, isn't there? Yeah. And it'll be it'll be a very easy outcome for them at the end of the day. They won't have to play the first eleven. They can they can rest a few, etc. We'll probably do that thing where we'll play Guy Havertz into some form of form, some kind of form. You know, we've been very charitable this year so far, haven't we? Helping clubs. We're, we're, we're exactly. boosters. We're the Premier League boosters. <laughs> yeah. We really are. You know. Yeah. Well, let's hope it all changes uh, around this weekend and we at least see, you know, regardless of the result, we at least see us give these teams a scare because, you know, one thing we got used to under Sean Dash was, you know, making these teams bloody work for the 3-0 win at least, you know. So let, let's let's hope we see that. It's not a result that's going to change anyone's opinion about, it's not a game that's going to change anyone's opinion about whether we stay up or not. Um I know, you know, Burnley fans listening to this and it's depressing hearing, but we did say we would do a special where we would assess things at this stage. We'll do another one at some point in the season where we maybe reflect on it. And I hope we look like fools. I hope we look yeah. like complete idiots who had no faith in Vincent Company and his project. Um, but at the moment, that's the way we see things. And we can only say things as we see them, can't we, Woody? We certainly can, Simon. Yeah. So... Thanks very much for listening to us in this short uh, second half from the States. And uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Uh, Follow us on social media, at B-Hole Podcast on Twitter, X, and Facebook. Uh, Do leave us reviews wherever you listen to our podcast. It really does make a difference. It actually makes a difference. I found this out this week. The charts don't just measure how many people listen to the show but also how many people leave leave reviews and that gets weighted in there. So if you want to see Burnley climbing up that chart and punching above its weight in the podcast world, then you need to leave a review. So that would be great to see. Thanks very much indeed. Have a great weekend from myself and Paul Woodhouse up the Clarets.